love me some hot nuts. It's a fact. Hard work, steely resolve, and sure grittiness. It starts with an attitude. We need swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Hey, 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 everybody. We are Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. I am your host, Zachary Vogel. With me is Mike Rogerson, as per the usual. What up, Raj? How you doing? Doing week nine preview episode. I hope you guys had a good weekend. I hope that you won your matchups. We're recording this on a Sunday morning. So, I mean, uh, I got my fingers crossed for all y'all that this last day is going to get you where you need to go. Let's get this game started tonight. Make some drops. And get ready for next week. You can find us at FHF Hockey on Twitter. Every episode up until Christmas, we are going to be ranking Christmas shit. Today is sweet snacks. I hope you're ready, Raj, because I'm coming at you. Coming out guns blaring like usual. I'm ready. We did uh, Christmas songs. Had a wicked response from everybody. Got some some horrible suggestions from people about other terrible Christmas songs. But I'd have to I'd have to concede that between uh, Twitter and Discord, and I think you took it about uh, sixty five to thirty five. I'd say, man. So that's because I want you to know I'm taking these Christmas rankings seriously, and I am coming for you. Well, I'm ready. You're going to have an ass whooping for Christmas every day of the month so far. And that's what you're getting for Christmas, bud. I don't know, man. My number one today is going to be tough to beat. So moral of the story is we, yeah, tell us whose lists are better. Each one of these episodes, the hashtag FHFHXmas and give us your own opinions. So like today, uh, like I said, we're going to be doing sweet snacks. That is at the end of the episode. So you're going to have to wait for that. We still got a regular episode, which that's what we're here to do. Not just here to talk about Christmas. I could. I could. We could just talk about Christmas for the next month on air, and that would be just fine with me. But y'all are here because you want to hear about hockey. The Discord, Raj. Join us on the Discord. Hell, we even made a special channel for all the Christmas stuff on the Discord. So I want to see like your trees. I want to see your presents. I want to see everything you got going on for Christmas. It is thousands of people. We got channels for damn near everything. Okay. Coming up, bad vibes, injuries, man. This is actually some good news. Gabriel Landeskog has started skating, so that's kind of exciting. And they're going to need it because now Arturi Lekkonen is out too. He left the game yesterday and he did not return. He is still day-to-day. You got Landeskog coming back sometime in the near future. And then you also have Bowen Byron traveling with the team and he's expected to play really soon as well. Jakob Veracek is out for an extended period because of a concussion. He got a pretty nasty one recently, and he is going to be out for a little while. Uh, that sucks because he is, you know, he, he's a player that I'm always going to like uh, with all his years in the Flyers. So get better, buddy. Tyler Bertuzzi, he is out again. Raj, he got surgery on his wrist uh, I yesterday. I know. Uh, successful surgery, mind you, but he's going to be out for six weeks. He just came back. We were talking about them starting to like get people back and everything. And now Bertuzzi's out again. Yeah. I, I've i never liked him, and I bit the bullet, and I picked him up when he came back. And that's what I get. That's what I get for not trusting the guts. Now you just drop and pick up somebody else. It's all right, Raj. Alex, I follow. He has been a full participant in practice since Thursday, so he is very close to returning. Brennan Gallagher. Day to day, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm so like meh on the Montreal Canadiens. They're a team that were they were sexy last year. Now they're returning to just blah. And I'm not saying they don't have good players, but like the top is so top and the bottom is so bottom. You can barely use the plural when you say good players on Montreal because <laughs> they've got like Cole Caulfield and maybe Kirby Doc, but I. Suzuki. 
if mm. you're naming good players on that team, how can you not name Suzuki? In fact, I think that he is the best player on that team. Definitely. Hands down, not even close. So if it's not Suzuki or Caulfield, I really don't give a shit. There ain't nobody else on there that I, you know, you can talk me into a Josh Anderson. Maybe you can talk me into a one day stream of Slavkovsky, Uh, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, JBR is now skating and Cam Atkinson still freaking needs to get his back like ass back out there on the ice. Like I am still waiting for him to come back. Come on, Cam Atkinson. Let's do this. We had talked about Chris Letang, who had had a stroke, and he had a light skate on Thursday. We know that he uh, he told the the coaching staff that he wanted to play, um, mm-hmm. and I believe him. Uh, but he did have a light skate. Hopefully, it's still you know something they're they're going to give a, a a couple more days. I don't have a problem with the skating or anything like that. But that is step one towards getting back out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously he's a tough guy, but geez, I just. You don't. That just sounds so scary, man. I hope he's. Uh, I hope he's all right. And the fact that it's his second for a, like a athlete of the nature of these guys to have two strokes before you're what thirty five. I, I trust they're doing it right. I just, man, that just scares the shit out of me. Uh, next up, we got a couple of defensemen. TJ Brody coming back soon. Uh, is traveling with the team, and really, it's not like I'm saying go out and pick up TJ Brody. But really, the Leafs need it in general. That's why I'm putting it in here. The Leafs need some of this defense back. Uh, and TJ Brody is, you know, luckily coming back sometime soon here. Alex Petrangelo missed another game. He was likely to be back, but he is now up to three games straight that he had missed. But the personal matter, in his absence, you've seen a lot of, you know, Shea Theodore. And that's what you're going to see if, if Alex Petrangelo is out. It's not like they're, you know, doing their back and forth thing. It's just Shea Theodore out there. Still no Barkov. I told you, Raj. I told you guys, Barkov is going to be out this whole week. Lo and behold, he was out the whole week. Got a bunch of flack for it at the beginning of the week and said, yes, he's not traveling with the team. What sucks is now you have Hornquist and Gudis day-to-day too. And my boy, Anton Londell, who was my, uh, you know, streamer pick of the week. He got hurt, what, in his second game of the week? You know, after playing three minutes time on ice, it was sometime in the first period, three something minutes, and uh, he hasn't played in the last two and didn't play the bulk of that second game. Hey, can't win them all, Raj. You know, hey, injuries happen, but he did hell in the game that he did play in, he had a good game. Jordan Cairo, he is out with a non COVID illness. Um, it's something that shouldn't keep him out too long, but he definitely did not play. All right. Bad vibes out. Good vibes in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of guys who who had good weeks. And uh, one guy talked about enough already, but uh, you got to mention Blake Wheeler's last week, um, 11 points in his last six and 10 in his last five. We talked about him lots last episode. He's stunk for quite a while here, and he's just been on fire for for a couple weeks so very much available too uh you know like we talked about before he used to be shit three four years ago he was a first round pick in some drafts and now he's a streamer and right now he is a, a streamer who's working out so you know if you like we said if you're interested in wheeler just remember he's a right now he's a good streamer he's not a 96 point best player in winnipeg anymore but he is decent but one guy we do like to talk about whenever we can very good week is uh maddie beniers on seattle beignet as the pros like to say five goals five assists uh in his last six games taking a bunch of face-offs actually too playing about 16 minutes he's only 43 percent rostered he's having himself a fine fine season and um you know, while we're there, Burakovsky's got the exact same stat line too. Five goals, five assists, at 60% rostered. So he had himself a good week too. Uh, they're clearly making some hay together. So uh, yeah, Beniers, he's available and he had a great week. So I like that a lot. He had and a we- great game last game, even with no points. He had, you know, but he still had five shots on goal, mm-hmm. four hits, two blocks. Like that's a stat line. I know he didn't get any goals or, or assists, anything like that. Like he had in the previous two games where he had three goals in those two games. But man, 
that's still that's still a good stat line that tells you that hey you know at least it has a chance to continue if you're going to be doing stuff like that you know two games ago he shot six shots on goal like if you're going to continue that kind of play that's the only chance you have to continue a you know continue a good streak yeah, his shots have, have gone up. The team's trusted him all, all season long. He's been getting pretty solid playing time the whole time. Shit, I mean, he's at 21 points in 24 games on the season. So he's been close to point per game the whole year. I have those points on the power play too, which I, I, I like that because I I think that a quarter of your points being on the power play is a nice solid kind of power play number. I don't want to see half of your points strictly being on the power play you know what i mean well exactly and i mean especially with a young guy like that if if he's getting the points just because he's on the power play then you know there's a chance that's going to go away but he is also on seattle's power play so it's not like he's uh sitting next to mcdavid just piggybacking on all these points like he's the guy pretty much the guy on that team. I mean, Burakovsky's good and they have a bunch of decent players, but he's kind of the dude now. Every opportunity he's got, he's coming through. And like I said, it's been all season long, kind of the opposite of the Shane Wright situation there, right? Where we're like, he's, you know, potential number one draft pick, blah, 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 blah. And now he's off the team. And then you got Beignet, who's just thriving down there. So yeah, I love I love it. We've talked about him a lot, but as you can tell, I don't think we mind bringing him up every week if we can. So yeah, great week for him. Great season for him. He looks legit. And just one thing I wanted to bring up, it's not necessarily a week-long performance, Again, we talk about this guy all the time, but I need I saw a fact brought up this morning. Jason Robertson, not a new guy, everybody knows, but you, you gotta look at this. Jason Robertson's 152 games into his career. He has 80 goals. He's got 164 points in 152 games played. So well over a point per game for his first couple of seasons. That's only nine points less than McDavid had in his first 152 games. So Robertson is almost on the same pace and trajectory as McDavid. And he has, in that same span, 24 more goals in his first 150 games. So his goal scoring pace is way better than McDavid's. Uh, and he's not playing with Dreisaitl. So I just had to, I saw that and I was just like, I, we all knew Jason Robertson's good, but like he's almost McDavid pace. That is absolutely fucking awesome. That's a true story. It just feels blasphemous saying saying that he's McDavid, though. By the way, I wanted to bring up something real quick. When when you were talking about uh, Seattle's power play, I know that I'm going back uh, you know a minute or two here, but I want you to know, Mike, they don't have a bad power play. So you can nope. say, oh yeah, he was on Seattle's power play, but they have the eighth rate eighth ranked power play in the league. So I'm fine with him being on Seattle's power play. Oh, for sure. I mean, and their power play isn't terrible. I mean, uh, my point is just that it's largely because of him, you know? It's not like he's on a, a good power play that he's just lucky to be along for the ride. Like, I think he's a large part of why it's good. So I think that's a good thing. All right, moving on here, Raj. We are going to go to tips of the week. What is your tip of the week, man? I like it. It's common every week, but I think this week more than, than ever. We're going to talk about the schedule in a minute. It's it's weird. It's a weirdly average, uh, not average in terms of normal, but every night has almost the same amount of games. There's no light nights, no heavy nights. If you do it right, you shouldn't be having to bench too many guys because there aren't overly heavy nights, and you should have an opportunity to have close to a full roster. So definitely tonight... Uh, after the last game, before you make your week-long pickups or when you're thinking about who to pick up on Monday morning, set for week and check every day and see how your players are lining up because there, there's no light nights to take advantage of. you got to make sure you're pretty full every day. There's an opportunity to pretty much have everyone on your roster playing um, with no benching this week. So, you know, you want to make sure that you, you spread out your games across different teams uh, playing on different nights. So, yeah, on, on Sunday or Monday when you're making your pickups, hit the old uh, set for a week 
button and then scroll through every day and see if you have any guys who are ending up getting benched a couple of nights. If that's the case, I mean, get rid of them and find somebody who's who's playing on the other days. Because we're going to talk about off nights in a sec, but really, there aren't any. I mean, you could say there aren't any or they're all off nights. They're all between five and ten games. Um, so it's all middle of the road. Well, why don't we just jump right into schedule breakdown? I mean, what do we got going on next week? I know we alluded to it in the last episode and and you kind of have been here where there's just no there's no super heavy nights there's no nights where it's like you have 14 games and you're choosing players to put on your bench likely you know you're not gonna you shouldn't uh have too many people on your bench that are playing but what do you got going on this week yeah i mean that's pretty much the rundown monday's got six games tuesday nine wednesday seven Thursday, five, Friday, that's the lightest day, Friday, 10, Saturday, eight, and Sunday, six. So, I mean, even even the lightest day, Thursday, isn't a super off night. I mean, technically it is, but I mean, last couple of weeks, we've been having nights with like only two games that you could really try to exploit and, and beat your opponent. Whereas uh, on the flip side, the max is 10 and it's Friday again. It's not Saturday. So like some weeks, if there's a night that has two games or one game, you want to just load up on that team and really pummel your opponent on the light nights and then force them to bench players on the heavy nights. Whereas this week, you really have to look at the entire week and make sure you load up with teams with different schedules because... Uh, yeah, because it's going to take a bit of work to make sure everybody's going to get in the game. But there is a definite opportunity to get a lot of games played. Um, in terms of best schedules, I mean, I mean, there's a few teams that have four games played with three off nights. And we just talked about what the off nights mean. They're not as crucial as usual. Quote, unquote, perfect schedules. And it hurt my feelings. I was look when I originally started looking through this week, I was like, oh, man, perfect schedule. Oh, hey, more perfect schedules that every everybody has perfect schedules. And by perfect schedules, we mean the you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. That is usually all those off nights. And then I realized they're not your typical perfect schedule, especially when everybody has it. Well, exactly. It's like yeah. everybody getting a trophy. It's like a this is like a participation trophy week. There's yeah, there's six teams that have theory perfect schedules, but that Friday, like we said, that that's the heaviest night of all. So it's not the usual. But in terms of four games played, three off nights, you got Arizona, Boston, Colorado, Philly, Vegas, Washington, and St. Louis. And then Columbus and Calgary have four games played with two off nights. A couple of ways you can sort of make the most out of your streamer spots and try to get some games played going here. I really like, even though Calgary only has the two off nights, like I said, we're not as concerned with them because they're not a huge advantage over other nights this week. But Calgary has Arizona, Minnesota, Columbus, and Toronto. Even though they only have two off nights, they have Arizona and Minnesota and Columbus to start the week. Uh, which are all games that you can score goals. And what I'd probably think about doing as a strategy here is take advantage of those games. On the Saturday, perhaps, avoid the Toronto game and swap out somebody who's got uh, a back-to-back, like um, LA's got a a back-to-back. So if you went uh, with one or two of your streamer spots, if you could get someone from Calgary and then swap them out for LA, then you're going to end up with five games played and basically all of the theoretical off nights. And weirdly, Toronto has great goaltending this year. Both goalies are doing really well. They can obviously score. So avoiding that Toronto game is not a bad idea. But that's one way you could sort of make your way through this schedule. St. Louis has a similar thing. They've got the nice, I know it's something Zach's really big on. St. Louis has three games in the first four nights of the week. And then again, dump them for somebody who's got a couple of games in the second half of the week. You you can read my mind sitting mm. over here, just watching you talk. That's exactly what I was going to say. You got, I feel like you have to go blues on this one. They're the yeah. only team that has three games in the first four days. You can get a Ryan O'Reilly or, you know, a Ryan O'Reilly of 38% owned. 
three games in four days. Yeah, I'm in for it. Like, do I want Ryan O'Reilly just constantly on my team? No, probably not. But he is definitely worth a stream. Like, I think he's going to get some points in, you know, in those first four days. And then you can back it up with someone who has a good spe- a good set schedule going into the weekend. You can get a Boone Jenner for the weekend going against Calgary and L.A. Yeah, those are two games I think points are going to happen. So, sure. yeah, I'm I'm all about like a Ryan O'Reilly at the beginning of the week. Boom, drop his ass, Boone Jenner. Bring him in. Bring bring him up to the to my GM office <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so I, I think I think Calgary and St. Louis have a couple of good opportunities for for maximizing these uh, these games, especially St. Louis with that uh, three in the first four nights. In terms of avoiding teams, uh, Carolina, Chicago, Anaheim, and Jersey only have two games, quote unquote, heavy nights this week. Uh, but again, be careful. Like, look at your whole week. If you have somebody on Carolina, or I don't know if Chicago or Anaheim has anybody worth keeping, but a good player on Carolina or Jersey, don't automatically drop them. Definitely check your whole week schedule and see how they fit in. But I would avoid picking anyone up from those teams for sure. So I have a question for you. Are you dropping any of those players because of those two games this week? from those teams that you have been holding on to? Are you dropping like a Johnny Taze or something like that? Are you dropping a Seth Jarvis? So he only plays twice this week. Johnny Taves, yes. You know, again, Taves 10 years ago, no. Taves now, yeah, for sure. I think he's a streamer. A higher-end player, Seth Jarvis? That is a good question. I mean, he's... If it was the Seth Jarvis that we thought we were going to get this year, then no. I mean, the Seth Jarvis that's under half a point per game on the season. But then the trick, I mean, with him, him specifically, I might hang on just because of his last few games, his last seven games. He's He's got a point in almost every game. They're punishing him with playing time sometimes. Like there's a few games where he's been in the 13-minute range and then other games where he's been over 18 minutes. Seems like Rod the Bod is is definitely trying to hold him accountable. His shots are are reasonable, again. So, you know, like I said, I wouldn't go out of my way to ruin my team for keeping him. But if there's a spot, he's one guy I might try to hold. All right, Rod. Well, we got to keep this train of moving. Chugga 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 chugga. All right. So, long term drops holds. What what do you got here? I mean, I, I did, this is always uh, you know, I, I that's why I kind of brought that question up at the last at you know at the ass end of that last segment because we're moving into the whole drop area. Mm. Who are you dropping? Who are you holding? Is there anybody you're picking up right now, or, or just somebody that you're tired of that you're dropping? There is. There's nobody surprising that I'm, I'm suggesting to hang on to here, but one guy that I'm really, really down on. Uh, might shock a few folks, but uh, I'm dropping Brock Besser. I really, really like the player when he's at his best. And to be honest, I've I've been lucky enough to meet the guy a couple times, and he's a super awesome person, which has definitely skewed my opinion of him. But man, he's kind of sucks, and he's pretty much getting traded for sure. He went on a little stretch of of playing really well for about two weeks. He had a point streak of like seven games. He was doing really well. But the team has all but given up on him. I mean, in the last 10 games, he's got several games in the 13-minute range, 14-minute range. Um, So they're cutting his playing time. So, I mean, the team has given up on him. He's not, I mean, the Canucks as a whole have been very underwhelming this year. He is not a part of their plans. And from what I do know about Besser, he's a super emotional dude and it's not going to go over well. Like it's bugging him. And if he gets traded, it's going to take him a while to, to get things going. So... I'm dropping him after we get off the episode today in one league. I dropped him last night in another league, treating him like a streamer, see what happens. When he was next to Pedersen all the time, you know, him, Pedersen, and Miller, the 649 line, I was really into that. I'd never think of dropping him. But now, you know, he's a goal scorer. That's his job description, and he's shooting once in most games. So 
He's shooting once in most games lately, and I do agree with you on the time on ice. I mean, he only has four games so far this year where he played more than 16 minutes, and two of those games were overtime games where I would expect you to get more time on ice than than usual. Um, so in all honesty, he may have still had under 16 minutes those games as well. You're right. He He's just not getting played, and uh, that... It sucks. It sucks for him. Um, but his shots have dropped off like hardcore yeah. in the last, I would say, what, seven or eight games here, Raj? But he still has 15 points. And you know what I mean? He It's not like his points on the year are bad. It's not like his stats for the year are bad. They're not horrible. He's in that he's in the worst spot for fantasy. Like he doesn't have a bunch of peripherals to make up for it. He's a goal. He's a goal scorer. Who's not scoring goals and is not in the coach's good books. You got guys like Kuzmenko who's doing fantastic. Just kind of taking his position. You've got, um, you know, Miller moving back to the wing. You've got uh, Vancouver definitely shifting more towards, um, other players. So, I mean, on the team in, in forwards, he's like, he's getting bottom six minutes. So yeah, I just, uh, it's, it's very, very heartbreaking for me to say, but I'm dropping Brock Besser. But I got a little bit of good news. I got guys that I think, uh, are, are worth a hold beat this horse until it's dead. And that's David Krejci, 23% owned. He is a six-game point streak in that span, six goals and three assists. That's a lot. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's just it's just a fact. Like the, he's, he's getting so many points. Uh, I understand that it's not like he's out there doing a ton of other shit, but he gets so many points. Yeah, for a guy that's only twenty-three percent owned, I will not stop until David Krejci sends me a personalized note. Because he must know how much I love him. Also, I'm a big fan of Sean Dursey. Have mm-hmm. been for a while. Yeah. Uh, he is a player that that I constantly try to plug. But man, he is underrated. 31% owned. I mean, de- I'll, I'll say that decent ownership. So it's not like nobody knows about him. But he's a damn good player. He's a good hockey player on top of it. Um, he is up to a five-game point streak now where he has a goal and six assists in those five games. Man, I, I, I like it. I think a lot of people were worried about, because Doughty was out of a lot of last year, and Dursey had that opportunity to shine, and he sure did. But I think everybody was worried that when Doughty came back and sort of gobbling up those 26, 27 minutes a night that he plays, plus the power play, plus he's just, you know, Doughty's a, a legendary defenseman. And he came back, and he's doing fine. Dursey is doing just as good as he did last year. In fact, he's like, on the season, he has the same amount of points as Dowdy in less games. More blocks. 16 points in, in 24 games here. Yeah. Getting a ton of assists. Um, he shoots, you know, an okay amount. It's not like he shoots a ton. He's no Colton Perrieco. Uh, but he has, a, you know, a shot on goal and a half a game, uh, a block and a half per game. A hit and a half per game. I am in on on Sean Dursey, man. I really am. I really am. He's a guy that can be, you know, like in your defenseman mix. He just is. He should be kept. Like he's he's got more power play points than Doughty in less games. He's right on par in the peripherals. He slightly skews more towards blocks, or as Doughty skews a little bit more towards hit, but they're both they're both blocks are hard to come by too. Yeah. That's the thing. Blocks are fucking hard to come by. And he gets almost two of them a game. I know I said one and a half on pretty much everything, but that's what he gets more of than anything else. Blocks. I mean whatever you think of Doughty, Dursey has almost identical stats and he's only 33% rostered. Like you could say their stats are exactly on par with each other. They they are. Uh and you've got Doughty at 95% rostered whereas Dursey's only 33. He's been getting better and better since he started and uh he's been on this type of pace for a year and a half now. It's not uh it's not just a, a fluke. So yeah, I'm a hundred. No, I, I really don't think it is. And when anything happens to Dowdy, and not that I would ever hope that it does, but like whenever he does have an injury, Sean Dersey is the one that's getting that power play one time. He's getting bumped up time on ice at that time. 
Yeah, Sean Dozy here. Uh, I'm I'm definitely in on a Sean Dozy hold. I like it. The player that I'm dropping, Neil Pionk. He is well. He's he scores no points. <laughs> he scores he scores no points here. Seven game pointless. Uh, he's just so meh. Like he's gonna get you some hits. He's gonna get you some blocks. I'm not saying he won't, but this man is getting you damn near no points. He is hardly shooting at all as of right now. And the whole thing is, he does have you know a 9.5 shooting percentage, which is great for him. His career average is 3.6. So while he is just meh on points, he's scoring too many of them right now for how much he's shooting. Yeah, that's going to crash on back. So these points that he is getting, it's too many with, with, with his shooting percentage. So I don't believe in Neil Pionk. Uh, he is a streamer at best for me. Um, but I honest to God think that a 60% owned Neil Pionk is too much for what you're getting in return. For sure. And I think like Pionk, I mean, he's not useless. He's a decent banger as a streamer. Like we were saying, like Dursey's putting up similar numbers, but also points. So Pionk was good when like Winnipeg was freaked out that they lost like four huge, awesome defensemen that one season. They lost Bufflin, Myers, and friggin' everybody else uh, all in the one season. And then they're like, who do we use? I'm like, I don't know, put Pionk in there. And so he was playing like 26 minutes a night, running the power play, hitting, doing everything because he had to. And they didn't know what Josh Morrissey was. Uh, they kind of treated him like he was nothing. But this year, uh, and I got to say, TJ called it uh, big time. Morrissey has is just shining. He's over a point per game still. He's leading the team. He's beating Kyle Connor. He's beating PLD. He's beating Blake Wheeler. He's beating Mark Shifley in points. He's running the power play. So in terms of offense, uh, he's doing all of the the offense from the from the D. Right? They've settled into he's more of the shutdown guy, whereas Morrissey's taken the offensive role. So yeah, I'm I'm out on Pionk unless you're streaming somebody for peripherals, but not holding whatsoever. Well, I'm glad that you agree uh, that you agree with my uh, drop of Neil Pionk. I am 100%. I like when 100%. Moving on, we're gonna go streamer suggestions here, Raj. As per the usual, we'll go back and forth here, and and I think that we kind of agree with a lot of stuff, except for maybe this first one of yours. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll take we'll take it as she goes. Yeah. Okay, why don't you start us off here, Rod? Who do you got for your first streamer of the of the week? I feel like as a as a fantasy hockey guy, I look at the schedule and I feel like you need to get somebody from Arizona. And then I look at Arizona and I don't want anybody. So schedule wise, I mean they've got a fantastic schedule. But especially given that um, schedule isn't everything this week, uh, you got to be real careful. Their team is such a crapshoot, mostly just crap and not much shooting. But I think I'd like, I mean, you got to take a look for Chikrin if he still happens to be around because he's not totally owned yet. He's only up to 63%, five shots a game since coming back. So he's shooting at like solid forward numbers here like elite forward shots um he hits he's got four points in the six games since coming back so if you can get chicken like i said 63 percent owned so he's out there in in a lot of leagues you have to take him and beyond that i think anybody else is you are it, it's just a shot in the dark i mean you could Try Goss to spare, but with Chikrin there, I think your good D minutes are getting eaten up. JJ Moser, I know we were hot on him for a bit, but same thing. I do like JJ Moser. I'm not going to lie. I do like him. I thought he I was. Think it's, I, I like I like JJ Moser, not JJ Moser being on the Coyotes. Yeah. And Can not- I interest you in a Nick Schmaltz, my man? His three goals on the year. Now he's only played what seven games here, but he has three goals and an assist in those seven games. Not getting a dick for fucking hits or blocks, but 
you know, he he takes a good amount of shots. Uh, how how about Nick Schmaltz? Yeah, he was he's the next one up on the list. Like I said, I just I, it's hard to trust anyone on Arizona because they're Arizona. But Schmaltz is another one who just came back. People haven't fully picked him up yet. He's only twenty three percent rostered, but four points in the six games he's played. Uh, so he's probably the next option, and he is center right wing, which is which is nice. But I mean, it's just it's it's Arizona, and that's why I feel a bit of trepidation, if you will, about picking anyone from that team. You're you're looking for Chikrin, maybe Schmaltz, and there's other guys who sometimes do stuff. But again, like I love Lawson Kraus. He's got four goals in the last five games, but like. What are the chances of that keeping on going? So that's that's my problem with, with Arizona. In the last couple of weeks, like all of their best players are defensemen, you know? Like even with uh, Chikrin back, Moser's got a couple points. Goss Despair's got a few points in the last couple of weeks. So it's just a really tough team to to rely on. But if there's somebody that fits your roster, they do have a good schedule um, so I'd say check for chicken, check for schmaltz, and then after that, your your fingers crossed. Keller is only sixty seven percent owned. I mean, I know that's highly owned for us, but still, that's still available in a third of leagues. Yeah. If you're just streaming a guy, um, I actually do think that Clayton Keller is their best player as far as offense goes. I, I guess chicken is their most valuable asset. Keller Keller is at least pick upable in a third of leagues. For sure. Um, I'm all about this St. Louis Blues train, and I'm looking. At, I'm looking at Brandon Saad, Ryan O'Reilly here. Um, I think they both have a chance to get points. They are both available, not owned. Two percent for Brandon Saad for good reason. Don't get me wrong, but this is a streamer segment. I'm talking about streaming Brandon Saad for three games in four days. Same thing with Ryan O'Reilly. Just over thirty percent owned. But Saad is not playing bad this year. Um, he gets a a great amount of deployment. Um, I like who he's playing with. And lately he's been playing, you know, 18, 19 minutes a game. I, I am in for it. He's been playing more. He's been shooting okay. Now, I know that for the year, the stats aren't there, especially when you look at, you know, the, the points on the year. But lately he's been playing pretty well. I do actually like Brandon Saad. I got a good feeling about this one. Um, but yeah, him and him and Ryan O'Reilly, I'll take. But these are these are more for points. And I, I just I just have a feeling, Raj. I got a lot of feelings. And a couple more on this segment that I'm gonna have just feelings about. Yeah, to go with the feelings. That's what got you here. Um, speaking of feelings, I'm looking at Manji Apani this week. Left wing, right wing. He's down to 30% rostered. As we, I mean, everybody's talked about a lot at just how shockingly bad Calgary's been, um, particularly the new players on that team. But Mangiapane, after a breakout season last year, and he trended better and better and better leading up to last year, so it all looked like it was for real. And then whatever's gone on in Calgary, I don't think it's a secret. I still believe the team was just so shaken up by just those massive changes that they still just haven't really found it. Playing time uh, is going back up. Again, he was down uh, in the 13s, 14s for a bit when, you know, punishment for just being shitty. But then Sutter's been trusting him again, and he's been back up to 15, 16, 17 lately a lot. He has three goals in the last three games, four points last three games. Um, his shots are coming back up. He's got four last game, three before that. He's starting to shoot about three times a game. And when Mangiapane is playing well, he also throws in one to three hits usually. Um, so I like that. I mean, you could look at the last game he had two goals and say that's him back on track. I trust that a bit more because you can see the time on ice come up leading up to that, showing you that Sutter is putting him in the game. And Sutter's got a feeling he's giving him his playing time back, and it seems to be working. So, again, it's kind of how I felt about Arizona. Like, I'm, I'm not guaranteeing this pick by any means, but I'm going to pick up Mangiapane and think that he's going to uh, keep it going this week. I feel you. You're more of a Mangiapane believer than I am. 
He, you know what I mean? He just done blow my skirt up. I'll say this. So far, I wish I had better picks, but they are from what what's available this week. This is what uh, this this it is what it is. I'm I'm just here for the Christmas part, man. We're getting there, Raj. We're getting there, Raj. <laughs> See, I'm more in on these next ones, even though I love that schedule for the Blues. You know, I got two other guys here that have good schedules too that are you know still decently available. First off, I got TJ Oshie. He's another player that I do. I just have I just have a feeling about this coming up week. He takes a ton of hits. He has a great schedule playing against some uh, some teams that can be scored upon. And I think he's going to come out of this little kind of, I think, what, it's four games straight that he has no points? I think that's going to end. And I think that's going to end abruptly. He's going to get a bunch of points this week. I really do. I truly feel that way. 41% owned TJ Oshie. Put my stamp of of approval on it. I know TJ isn't going to like it when he hears it. But I'm going with TJ Oshie, 41%. I'm on board, actually. I like that. And uh, I feel like Oshie is ready as well. I would have had him on my list, but uh, he was already on yours. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring up another guy who's pretty highly rostered, but I think you got to look at, and that's Rob Thomas. And no, I'm not going to put the Matchbox 20 song in this time. I love it, but I think we need to focus here. Rob Thomas is uh, another guy who had a slow-ish start. The whole team had a slow start. St. Louis as a team has been losing again. They've lost five out of their last six after winning like seven in a row. You know, we always think of St. Louis in the past few years has been this like nine good forwards, four decent defensemen, two good goalies, kind of just good all-around team who's super reliable, whereas this year they've been like super up, super down. But Rob Thomas it has been scoring through all of the, the losses lately. And what scoring means for Rob Thomas, that means assisting. He's not really a goals guy. He's a Henrik Sedin award candidate every year where he just gets shit piles of power play assists. And that's kind of his thing. As long as you're in a league where assists are still worth something. I know some some leagues overly weight goals as opposed to assists. I mean, they should obviously be worth more. But um, as long as you're not in a league that grossly overweights goals, then, then Rob Thomas is a good pickup. He's down to 50 Four percent rostered. He's still dropping in ownership, even though he's on a decent streak. Because it, when you look at it, it doesn't qualify as a streak, but he does have twelve points uh, in the last ten games. Um, he had a game with no points in the middle of it, so there's no long streak to be talking about, and consequently, no one's picked him up. So, another guy you got to check. I mean, if he's available, I feel like you have to uh, you have to pick up Rob Thomas. Man, he even had two hit. He even had two hits in a game. It's probably the only time in his life he's had two hits in a month. But, uh, you know, he still has, you know, sometimes multiple games in a row with no shots. He's definitely not a goal scorer, but he's a, he's, he's a very big assist man for that team. And uh, I think you got to take a look at it. Um, I went with my last guy. I definitely went with a guy that is definitely more highly owned, but he's somebody that we need to have more owned. That's Jake DeBrusque. He is 61% owned left wing, right wing. And I understand, but that's still available in, you know, almost 40% of leagues. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure why he's trending down so much, to be honest with you. You know, he has 17 points in 22 games so far this year. Uh, he he shoots a ton over three shots on goal per game. I understand that he doesn't have, you know, uh, a lot of hits and blocks and stuff like that. But what he does have is points. Mm-hmm. He also has that power play. I, I said earlier that, you know, a player that, you know, 25% on the power play is, is perfect. But that's for a player that, you know, that we were talking about. That was that was Bat- Matty Beneers. You know, the fact that Jake DeBrus has half of his points on the power play does not bother me at all because his power play has David Pasternak on it, Brad Marchand on it. You know what I mean? All of your Patrice Bergeron on it. Like, it's just a different power play. <laughs> and I know that the that the Seattle Kraken have the eighth best, best power play, but that's not even, you know, not even close to the Bruins, who have the third best power play, only behind the Avalanche and the Stars. Uh, the Boston Bruins power play is nasty. And if Jake DeBrusque is getting a piece of that power play, I want a piece of Jake DeBrusque. 
Yeah, I would say so. If you have him, you got to hold him. And if he's available, you should pick him up. Boston is killing it this year. And Krejci coming back just seemed to put everything aces in places, right? Like that <clears throat> set everything back straight. DeBrusque, they're leaning on a bit more. His t- ice time has actually gone up in the last few games. He's up over 18 minutes. Uh, goal last game, like you said, he's shooting a bunch. He will hit. Um, he's not a big hitter, but he will hit. A couple of games off here, but previous to that, he had uh, power play points in like four games in a row. He's a guy I don't want to like, but you have to like him this year. He's doing so, it's like Boston, man. We were calling for Boston to trend down for years and years, and they were, and they just stopped that altogether this year. They just went back to 2011, man. They're uh, anybody who's playing well in Boston, you got to take because they are just still dominating the league. Um, and it does. It just makes too much sense for Jake DeBrusque for me. I mean, he is solidified in that top six. He's solidified in that first power play unit. It, it it makes no sense to not have him, you know, at least rostered onto a team. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's he's definitely my number one. Like I said, much more highly owned at, at 61%. But this one seems like a, like a stream and and then a hold. Like I said, like Krejci coming back really just set the team straight, right? So now DeBrusque is either playing with with Krejci or Bergeron. That's better than Charlie Coyle. You know what I mean? Like, So I think it makes sense that he's doing better. Like, of course, he didn't do well last year when he was playing with whoever was going to be center. Don't get me wrong. Charlie Coyle has a place in my heart, but uh, it's, I mean, it's, DeBrusque is just better. Uh, Coyle's on line three in your heart, though. I think that's where he belongs. That's true. And Craig Smith just hasn't been a, a fucking anything this year. Yeah, I miss good. Craig Smith being able to to say his name on the streamer suggestions, but he hasn't been because just not doing great this year. Hell, he's not even playing right now. But moving on to the bang daddies, bud. Got some news for us. Who are you taking with your bangers? Well, uh, this is a near and dear to your heart. It, it is, and it's maybe not the best streamer pick for this week, but I just feel like last night Shen became the all-time leader for defensemen in hits. Shen is the all-time in the history of the NHL. He has more hits than any other defenseman ever. So I just feel like he deserves a shout out. He's been on and off the leader this year in hits in the whole league. So he's always, if you need hits, he's a good guy to pick up. Good ice time, random points, not not stuff you're going to count on. Uh, and the Canucks have a decent early week schedule. So if, if you're thinking this week, you know, you could maybe have Shen for some hits. If it's a big time bangers league, he's definitely worth it. And then maybe sub him out later in the week. Um. I can finally say my Flyers guy here is a great week to stream. Nick Delorier, league's leading hit leader. Yes, you know, sir. they have the they have those those four games, the three on off nights. I dig this one. Dude has 25 hits in his last five games. Yeah. It's a game. That is freaking nuts. Nick Delorier is going out there and doing the damn thing. And he is available. You know what I mean? He is available. And then, you know, he is over four uh, a game on the year. But like I said, these past five games, he's over five. Like, come on, let's do this, Nick Delorier. Um, Other than that, I do also like Garnet Hathaway. Um, I, I, I always bring him up or I bring him up often, I guess I would say. But especially when Washington has a decent schedule, which they do. I like Garnet Hathaway. Those are those are my two here. Um, I'm going Garnet Hathaway and I'm going Nick Delorier. Nick Delorier going to get you hits and a lot of them. Garnet Hathaway is going to get you, you know, a decent amount of periffs and a good chance of points. Not getting nothing from Jolly Old Saint Nick with the with the points. So, yeah, man, I think uh, I think he wins the uh, title of the episode award as well. Goalies, you got anybody in mind for goalies? I got a. a- Maybe not the best pickup for a streamer at this point, but um, I got to go back to the Canucks. Spencer Martin is now the starter. Um, he's been having a great year, actually, uh, with all the talk about how crappy Demko's been. It's Spencer Martin's quietly putting together several wins. He's been doing much better, but more so. I mean, the Canucks only have three games, um, but he's probably going to play them all. 
and he's available because Demko's now out six weeks, which, you know, in all honesty, probably for the best right now. No, on a normal season, you would just be freaking out if Demko was out for six weeks, but he's been so bad this year. 879 save percentage, sorry, 478 goals against. Uh, but uh, Spencer Martin, man, if the Canucks get any wins this year, it's almost always Spencer Martin in net. Yeah, 26% rostered, obviously flying up right now because he just became the number one goalie. But the Canucks have Montreal, who even the Canucks can beat. Minnesota, who who knows what team is going to show up for Minnesota. Uh, Calgary, same thing. Like So I think Spencer Martin's a good goalie pickup this week. I have a feeling once Demko comes back, he's going to be back to his old self and you can drop uh, Martin. But he's a little bit more than a streamer this week because he just all of a sudden became the number one. So, All right. So here I think I'm going to go with uh, Dan Flitter here. Coming up, they have a back-to-back. Now they are playing the, the Leafs and that's likely the game that he'll get. But I don't know that I really care. Uh, the Leafs have shown a propensity to either score goals or none at all. And he's been playing pretty damn good in these last uh, his last five games, at least, where he is his lowest game of these last five has been a 909. Um, you know, 931, 939, 974, 926. Those are good numbers. Uh, I do think that Calgary is going to turn things around. And I think Dan Fladar is uh, is a guy that's going to help with that. Now, his stats on the year are not too crazy fantastic. But, I mean, I, I'm I'm in on, on Dan Fladar any, any time that he's playing. You know, I really am. So, I'm going to go with him. We're going streamer picks of the week. And then, dude, it's time for our Christmas rating. But let's do this. Streamer pick of the week. Who you got, Raji Raj? Well, I'm I'm crossing enemy lines and I'm taking one of your guys actually. As I said, I didn't really I wasn't super thrilled with anybody this week and I didn't love my picks, but my guy on the week is is going to be TJ Oshi. I got to do it while while our TJ is out of our lineup because he would not. Uh, but no, I like Oshi. He's back. He's 39% rostered, so he is gettable. Uh, he's got 4 points in 6 games of late which isn't amazing but it's it's something it's something and he's been hitting he gets you a couple of shots and as of late he's getting you about four hits a game um he does play on the power play i'd say it's 50 percent schedule 50 percent lack of other people available and 50 percent zach's gut uh while i'm there so i do i pick tj oshi as my guy for the week and basically, he's good in any league because of the peripherals as well. Uh, I just got to mention for you, um, Sonny Milano's got four points in the last six games. I feel like I'm the only person that likes Sonny Milano. Like, I don't even know if Sonny Milano likes Sonny Milano, but I hope he does. Because <laughs> hey, I do. So he's, uh, he's on highlight reels for the rest of time now. Hey, he's always going to have that goal. Yeah, He's always going to have that bards will sing songs <laughs> okay so i'm i'm not gonna go with sunny milano here though I, i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bet my streamer pick of the week because i don't know i stumbled a, le- a little bit last week with uh with anton lundell and not that i think it was a bad pick it just you know he got hurt he played well in the game that he did play in but uh but yeah he got hurt and that hurt my feelings i hope this doesn't happen again because this is one of my guys I am still on this Boone Jenner train. Uh, when our board Patrick Line came back, it spelled good things for, for Boone Jenner, just like I told you it would. He did get an assist in that game, and he is stuck in between you know, Patrick Line and Johnny Goudreau. That's a good thing. I like their schedule this mm-hmm. week. I like the fact that he does a little bit of everything, and he is going to be in between those two fantastic players he still has the number one power play he's still taking all the face-offs because he is fantastic at it i dig it boone jenner i am all about this boone jenner thing i'm sticking with it he is my streamer pick of the week and he's only 43 percent owned so go out and get him i'm 100 in on him um i've had him actually almost all season on a team 
picked him up early in the year, and I haven't actually let him go. Uh, it's a face-offs league and uh, and uh, heavy on the peripherals, so he's been a fantastic player all season for me. We call this a fantasy hockey show, but we all know what we're here for today. It's Christmas ready in time, Raj. It is. And I'm coming at you. I feel like this one is, see, I felt a lot more, I'm not going to lie, felt a lot more confident about my last list than I do about this list because I know, like, um, I feel like you went a li- you went my route last time. You went safer with some classics, mm. and then you and then you finished it off with a banger. Here, I- I'm looking at these uh, at your number one, which I had never heard of again, and they look fucking delicious. I want one so bad. So, like, I am <laughs> in on your number one. So, like we said, we're doing these Christmas rating guys. We're doing sweet snacks today. Sweet yes. snacks. You are going to get mine and Raj's top three sne- sweet snacks for Christmas. I want you to rate us. Tell me if I have the best list. Tell Raj if he has the best list. Hashtag FHFHXmas. Give us your votes. Also, I want to know what your favorite sweet snacks are for Christmas. Raj, without further ado, what is your first sweet snack? As with the music list last week, I really tried to go with stuff that actually is my favorite and that I like. And my first one, I got to say, is my most boring pick of all, but I'm going with a classic candy cane at number three. I know you're not a big peppermint guy, uh, but what's Christmas? I mean, the Christmas without candy canes. It's a great little walk around snack with the uh, Baileys and coffee in the other hand. I'm in. Candy canes, first pick. Walk around snack, Raj. Raj, if I see a grown man walking around sucking on a freaking candy cane, like just out in the world, I don't know that I would say something, but I would definitely be thinking loudly. Well, I mean, what are you doing walking around in the world? You don't walk around the world. You sit at home and you drink for all of December and eat things like this. <laughs> all I'm saying is I am just not personally big on on peppermint. Now, I'm, the only chance you're going to have me eating a candy cane is when they have like the, the different flavors. Like, don't get me mm. wrong. There are tons of different kinds of candy canes. I'll go with one of like the purple and blue ones. Okay. Like if, if I'm going to eat candy canes, yeah, I want that mixed box where it's like you have a little bit of each type of candy cane and I'm stealing one of those pink and or one of those one of those purple and blue ones. You get that red and white shit out of here. Well, you, you can have the purple and blue ones. I'm sticking with the classic. Uh, what do you got for for your number three draft pick? I don't know that everyone's going to know about this one because I don't know how widespread little Debbie's are. But Little Debbie Christmas tree cakes are so freaking delicious. Little Debbie's, they make like little snack cakes. My dog mm-hmm. is freaking out down there. Well, I, wonder he did somebody so you- knocked, I wonder if somebody knocked on the door. Give me a second. You should talk candy canes, that's why. Okay, so Little Debbie snack cakes, they're just good in general. Like, you've had Little Debbie's before, right? Yes, for sure. Uh, the Swiss rolls or whatever. Oh, Swiss cake rolls. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Friggin' just deep throat a Swiss cake roll. Like, I'll pop that whole thing in there. You can't scare me. Um, but yeah, the the these little little Debbie Christmas tree cakes, they are so good. I definitely get them every year. It's something that reminds me of Christmas. So yeah, little Debbie's in general, but little Debbie Christmas tree cakes, boom, boom. That that's that's my number three. I'll agree with you that little Debbies are good. I'm assuming those will probably be good too, but you know, it kind of just seems like you took a Twinkie and shaped it like a Christmas tree. Well, That's exactly what they did. It's just a, <laughs> it's just a, <laughs> okay, fair. it's not a twin. It's not a Twinkie, but yeah, that's their friggin' business. They make snack cakes, man. Yeah. They make snack cakes, uh, but it's shaped like a Christmas tree, which makes it Christmassy Raj. Yeah. So don't, don't, you know, don't come at me like that. I'm not, I'm not dissing your little Debbie. So 
It's no candy cane, but it's fair. Now, the next one here, this one's a big time in the Rogerson household. This one comes from my dad. We've got a family tradition of making this. My dad does this every year with all the grandkids, my kids, my sister's kids, all that. That's what grandkids are. Homemade shortbread. Very simple, not the most exciting, but it's fun. It's Christmas time. You can make them shaped like trees. You can make them shaped like whatever you want. You can't really screw up shortbread if you're making it. So I'm going to go with homemade shortbread. I lean towards the one shaped like uh, Christmas trees, maybe a stocking-shaped cookie. But uh, a simple homemade shortbread is my pick. I do like shortbreads. Not gonna lie, but I feel like you can have them any time of year. But uh, but I'm I'm in for the homemade shortbreads. I I I like I told you I'm going more out on a limb this uh, this round mm-hmm. with this list. I'm going roasted candied nuts here. There ain't nothing. There ain't nothing like a nice warm soft candied nut. Whether it's a pecan, a walnut, chestnuts, almonds. I'm not gonna lie. Love me some hot nuts. It's a fact. I know that sounds funny and everything like that, but I do. I went with my uh, with my family to a uh, to a Christmas show uh, where they have you know a whole bunch of stands and stuff like that. I got mm. my mom something. I got my sister something. I said, "Hey, I'll buy this for you since you're thinking about buying it." What did I get there? I got some roasted candy nuts, and I brought the rest to uh, to work. Everybody ate them. They were delicious. How can you not like candied pecans or anything like that, especially when they're still warm? Oh, they're so good. They're so good. And it's not like I get them in the middle of July. You know what I mean? It is a it is a Christmassy sort of feeling for me. I'm in. I, uh, I mean, I think it's, pre- it's pretty hard to go wrong on these lists in terms of being good. I do love candied nuts. You're number one, dude. I'm I'm serious. You're number one. Like I am actually in on your number one, and I've been trying to talk you into into sending me some of these things down here because they look so good. Do it up, Nanaimo bar. I'm just gonna say it f- straight up, Nanaimo bars. If you've never had them, I'm going to post a link to the recipe in the show notes. I grew up in, on Vancouver Island, about 10 minutes south of a city called Nanaimo, which apparently that's where these come from. Even Google says so. It's a coconut graham cracker crumble kind of crumb cookie base. And then you've got like a, like a custard icing layer on top of that. And then a chocolate ganache on top of that. And it is just incredible there's a few variations on it but that's the that's the basic thing like a cookie crumble base with coconut usually maybe some nuts custard layer and then a layer of chocolate ganache and it's so 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 good they look fantastic i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not gonna lie to you I, i i i like your list and and this is a great topper because i i have in my mind what i think these delicious looking things taste like and it's and it's all good things, Raj. I want one, and I'd never heard of them. I'm I'm finding more. I'm finding more and more about Canada, and and once again, here's another thing that I'd never seen, never heard. It is clearly a Canadian thing. These Nanaimo bars. I'm in on it, man. I'm in on it. I want me some. All right. So my number one here, and and these are something that like we always have at my family's Christmas, the Boost to Noel. In French, it translates to Christmas log. So Yule log. So it's mm-hmm. literally like it's it, it's like a little Debbie Swiss cake roll, except big as fuck. Except big as fuck. And you'd like have a slice of it. It's just a rolled cake with like icing on the outside and cream swirled throughout the middle. You ever have a Yule log or, or a Christmas log? They're so good, man. I have. They're not, at least in, in my family's circles, they're, I don't see them that much, actually. I have had them, and they can be good, for sure. Not going to disagree with that one either. I just, it's not a big, it's not a big one for me in terms of tradition or anything, but hey, man, a rolled up cake. Oh, they're, they're a big, they're a big thing in like, you know, France and Germany mm-hmm. and, you know, Belgium, Switzerland, that whole area over there, uh, Yule logs are are a big thing, and I I love them. 
I would say the Christmas one is generally white frosting, you know, chocolate cake swirl. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can do them with a, you know, you can have them for Thanksgiving and do like a, uh, do a pumpkin one with some cream cheese frosting swirled in the middle. Can have them all year long, but the, the, the Christmas logs are, are, are usually chocolate. I'm a big chocolate guy. I love chocolate. Well, let us know what you guys think about, uh, our lists here. I feel a little bit more confident in this one than I do, uh, with the music choices. I went this one like I went straight like these are things that I I specifically love. I don't know how many people know about the Bush Noel. I don't know how many people know about Little Debbie's. But if you like Little Debbie's, vote for me. <laughs> well, I just to say it again, you did uh, edge me out uh, in the first with the with the Christmas songs. Want to know? You're trying this, to tie it up here, and I think you got a chance. This is a categories league, so we'll wait till the end and see who wins the most categories at the end. We're also going to get TJ's going to be back in a couple of weeks, and he'll weigh in on on all of our choices as well. And he's excited to get in on it too. Yeah, uh, yeah but man. yeah, I mean, vote vote for who you think has the best list. We're going to keep track of these things. We are. We're going to keep track of yeah. these things because why not? We keep track of everything else. Why not keep track of this? Because this is bragging rights, my man. Exactly. This is bragging rights, and I'm coming at you. I want to be. I want to be crowned Christmas King by the end of this. And <laughs> Christmas King, 2022. Zach Vogel for sure. Hashtag FHFHXmas. You can uh, hit us on Discord for that, or on Twitter. Um, tell us what you think's the best, and maybe even on this one too, you can let us know just any like if your family tradition have any weird things your family likes to eat for snacks on Christmas, that kind of thing. I want to hear about all that kind of stuff. Also, let us know what you'd like us to rank. We went with sweet snacks today. We're gonna figure out. Don't worry, we're gonna say movies. I feel like Christmas movies is gonna be one of the last one drudge because yes. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of divisiveness over any movie picks because yeah. there's so many good christmas movies you have people out there that are going to say hey die hard is a christmas movie people that are going to say it's not i mean i don't think i'm going to have it on my list that that might be a little bit of a spoiler but i don't see it as a christmas movie that's just me yeah we'll see i think i think the songs and the movies are going to be the two most combative ones for sure <laughs> All right, man. Uh, good episode. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. Like we said, get at us with a uh, hashtag FHFHXmas um, on Twitter. And you can find us at FHFHockey on Twitter. Join the Discord, get in all the different channels. Like we said, we made a little Christmas channel, but there's a channel for everything. There really is. Um, so we want to hear from you guys. Other than that, Raj, love you. TJ, love you. Everyone. Love you. Love you.